So, we are continuing the series, which is called Thanksgiving. And last week we talked about uh, thankfulness, and we talked about empathy. And we're going to talk about empathy. That's going to be a theme throughout all of this. But we talked about the ten lepers who were by the side of the road, and only one of them came back to thank Jesus. And it turned out he was the Samaritan, which is the one that was hated the most, and probably the one that was shown the least humanity over the course of his life. And so maybe that's why he came back, because he was so unused to, to being treated like a person. So imagine that nobody ever treated you like a person. The first time someone's nice to you, like you're really going to be thankful for that. And so he showed that. The other nine, it's easy to kind of paint them as villains because they didn't come back and thank him. We don't know what they did. My hope, and, and we don't know, but my hope is that they went on and they were so engrossed in talking about Jesus and sharing what he had done and showing that they were healed and like really fully uh, bringing the message to the people. Like that would be on top of it. That would be awesome because there are different ways to show thankfulness. But it starts with, with that empathy. And so this week, we're going to talk about seeing the needs around us. Uh, one of the things that is really easy when you're comfortable in life, and all of us are in some version of middle class or some version of comfort. Uh, I believe Rob's a millionaire, but aside from that, all of us are in some version of, of that same area. And so it's really easy to kind of get caught up in our own struggles because life's not always easy. And we have bills and we have uh, hard times and, and school is rough and life is rough and all of these things happen. So it's really easy to get caught up in those things because those are legitimate concerns and to not see the needs of those around us. So we're going to read from Luke chapter 16 verses 19 through 31. Uh, Jesus said there was a certain rich man who was splendidly clothed in purple and fine linen and who lived each day in luxury. At his gate lay a poor man named Lazarus who was covered with sores. As Lazarus lay there lounging, uh, longing for scraps from the rich man's table, the dogs would come and lick his open swords, sores. So that's really gross. But one of the things is this is kind of in the section where there's a lot of parables, and it says it's the parable of the rich man and Lazarus, but it's the only time in a parable that Jesus uses names. So you start to wonder, maybe he had more to say with this, or maybe he was actually talking about it, something that happened. But regardless, it is a very specific example. And so he's talking about Lazarus. It's not the same Lazarus uh, that he'd raised from the dead, but he's talking about a man named Lazarus, which was kind of like the John of the day, apparently. But he, uh, this guy was sore. And so maybe he had leprosy, maybe he had other diseases. But one of the things that you'll find is if you don't eat a healthy diet, and I'm not talking that you have to eat vegetables every day and fruit and all that stuff. I'm saying if you don't eat a regular diet of semi-healthy food, uh, like you will start to develop sores. Like, and so it's something that goes with being unhealthy. I'm talking if you just eat uh, bologna every single day for every single meal, like you're going to be super unhealthy. Or if you just eat potato chips or you just eat one specific thing that doesn't have any vitamins or minerals or anything, like you're going to develop sores. You're going to be hurting. You're going to have health problems. And so he was doing that, but it wasn't by choice. Like he was literally only eating what he could. Only eating was there. He probably ate some of the dog's food. He probably ate some of the pig's food. He probably ate things that fell on the ground. Uh, he probably ate all of these different things. And so he's just laying there. Now it talks about the rich man. And this is where we're starting. This is why we're starting here. The rich man lived in luxury. This guy was right outside his gate. The rich man walked by him every single day. This guy is dying. Now, a lot of people have a lot of different opinions upon what we do with uh, people that ask for money, what we do with people that, that uh, are, are asking for food or whatever it is. But regardless, it seems like the rich man, and this becomes clear later, just doesn't see him. Like he trained himself not to see him. He trained himself not to care. And once you start to do that, once you train yourself to not see someone in need, 
It's really hard to see anyone in need. It's really hard to pay attention to those around you because you get so caught up in your own stuff. Now, nobody in this room is like super rich, like I said, so we can't afford to go around giving money to everybody, giving money to charities, uh, handing out food and all of those things. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is there are people that are truly in need, people that are truly hurting, people that are truly just suffering. And it's more, more than just about money, and it's more than just about food, and it's more than just about sickness. It's about a lot of different things. There are people that really just need someone to care, just need someone to listen, just need someone to, to, to see them, to hear them. And so in this case, Lazarus is that person. He represents all of these people. And so Jesus is talking about this. Uh, we're going to go to the next part here. Finally, the poor man died and was carried by the angels to sit beside Abraham at the heavenly banquet. The rich man also died and was buried, and he went to the place of the dead. There in torment, he saw Abraham in the far distance with Lazarus at his side. The rich man shouted, Father Abraham, have some pity. Send Lazarus over here to dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue. I am in anguish in these flames. But Abraham said to him, Son, remember that during your lifetime you had everything you wanted, and Lazarus had nothing. So now he is here being comforted, and you are in anguish. And besides, there is a great chasm separating us. No one can cross over to you from here, and no one can cross over to us from there. So before I get into like the whole vision of the afterlife here, uh, this is not Jesus saying, hey, if you're poor, you're going to heaven, and if you have money, you're going to hell. He's not saying that. But later, he does say uh, it is harder for a rich person to get into heaven than for a camel to go through the eye of a needle. Uh, and that's not like a needle that you sew with, although I remember an old Kids in the Hall sketch where they had like scientists uh, working towards uh, shrinking down camels and building up sewing needles and trying to work them through because we always want to find the easiest possible way forward. Like we always want to find the line. This is the minimum of what I have to do in order to be a Christian, in order to be a good person, in order to help people. But Jesus is like, hey, you got to go above. And so the reason he said that it's harder for rich people to get into heaven than that is not, again, because of the money. It's because of the reliance on money, because of the love for money, because money becomes everything. Uh, if you talk to a billionaire, like if you pay attention to one of the sports owners, like very frequently they talk about how they need more money or how they need to do more things with it. They need to get more. They're always trying to get, uh, raise their stock prices. They're always trying to buy more things. And again, there's nothing wrong with that. But it starts to take the place of everything else the focus on getting money starts to take the place on everything else. And so that's why he's talking about this. And so for the rich man in earth, he didn't care about anything else but himself. He just cared about having his money. He just cared about the stuff that he had. He had like a PS7 and he loved playing it. And so he was doing all of this stuff with his money and all of this stuff with his things. And he didn't care about anybody. He didn't see anybody else but himself. And so because of that, he didn't look to Jesus, and he didn't change, and he didn't grow, and he didn't help people, and he didn't love people. All he did was look out for himself. And so Jesus is like, hey, if you only look out for yourself, and if you only are trying to get money, and if you're only trying to get what's yours, and you're only trying to improve your life on earth, that's going to work out very poorly. And so with Lazarus, it's not that he was poor, uh, that, that is why he went to heaven, but apparently he had given his life to Jesus and his heart was pure and he turned to him. And so on earth, he just lived his life and did what he could and he did his best. Um, often we think that somebody who's in need, like 
it's their fault that they're that way. But a lot of things can happen to kind of put you that way. So Lazarus could have had a, a lot of deaths in his family. He could have had an illness that nobody would hire him from. We talked about leprosy last week. Like those 10 lepers, they had no choice but to be outside of society. So who knows with Lazarus why he was in this position. Uh, I know that when I was in Seymour and I was bordering on poverty, uh, it would have been very, very easy to go over that border into being homeless, basically. And I think about that a lot. Now, I was able to, to get a job and to come to Ohio and do all of the, Ohio, the land of milk and honey, and do all of these different things. That's a Bible joke. Do all of these different things uh, that, that helped me and God provided for me. But it would have been very easy. And I think sometimes we think, well, that'll never happen. That's only for other people. That's for people that make bad choices. That's for people that don't do the right thing. That's not how it works. Like sometimes stocks go bad. Sometimes people lose their jobs. Sometimes bad things happen. And I'm not saying that to scare you. But I'm saying that, that nothing makes us better or worse than anyone else, whether they're rich or poor. We all are here together, and we all have to pay attention to the other. We all have to love each other. We all have to listen to each other. We all have to try to be better together. And so the reason Lazarus is in heaven and the rich man is in hell has nothing to do with money. It just has to do with where their heart was. And Lazarus's heart was apparently filled with the love of Christ, and the rich man's heart was filled with the love of himself. And so then you see a little picture of this, and this may be what hell is like. Like, you know, people talk about fire, and some people talk about the darkness, and some people talk about the opposite and say it's really freezing. I know Dante uh, in his, in his uh, Inferno, like the, uh, the center of hell is like super freezing, and that's kind of so cold that it's hot, uh, that sort of thing. But regardless of that, what this shows us is hell might be, might be being able to see something better. Like he's able to see heaven. Lazarus isn't able to see him. He's able to see Lazarus. He's able to see the angels. He's able to see that. But there's an uncrossable gulf. And this isn't about that. This is about the fact that sometimes on earth, that's how people feel. People in need. They feel like they can see what it's like to have food. They feel like they can see what it's like to not be depressed. They feel like they can see what it's like to have people care about them, listen to them. Again, we talked about the Samaritan last week, and over and over and over again, he's shown hatred and just shown despisal, which I just made up. He's shown all of these different things of negativity, and he was so thankful that Jesus saw him. But in earth, on earth, Lazarus felt like what, Ab what the rich man feels like now. Like He felt like, man, if I could just get someone to listen to me, if I could just get someone to, to help me, if I could just get someone to care about me, if I could just get someone to pay attention to me and not mess around and, and do weird things, if I could just get someone to be there. And yet nobody was, and so now it's flipped. And so this is Jesus saying, hey, you got to be careful because we live in a world that very clearly says on TikTok and Snapchat and Instagram and all these cool things, uh, hashtag YOLO, like you only live once and it's all about happiness. It's all about short-term happiness. It's all about uh, you know, doing what you can to be happy and having fun and all these things. And there's nothing wrong with being happy and there's nothing wrong with having fun. But when that's your entire life, when that's your entire goal, when that's your entire focus, yeah, you wish you only lived once. But Jesus is like, guys, there's more than this. Life can be about more than this. And yes, it's about heaven and about eternal life. But it's also about helping people now. It's also about showing people a, a, a better way. It's also about doing more than just having faith. It's about working with the faith. I was just talking to Carol and Rob earlier before class. 
uh, we went to, in confirmation, we went on a field trip to a synagogue and a mosque yesterday. And one of the people at the mosque that was talking to us uh, said something that is very similar to one of our scriptures. And he said that in their, script, in their religion, um, that faith without action, without works, uh, is just words. Now, the way we say it in the Bible is faith without works is dead. Both of those things mean the same thing. It's like you can have faith all day, and that's awesome. If you choose to follow Jesus, that's wonderful. But if it does not change you and make you have empathy and make you see other people, then it's nothing. Like, if you just build a bubble around yourself and you're like, okay, my life's good. I've chosen Jesus. Yeah, that's good. That's very good. That's the first choice. That's the best choice you can make. But it has to be more than that. Because Jesus was more than that. And he did more than that. And we're supposed to copy him. And in this parable, that's what he's calling out to us. He's saying, hey, all this rich man had to do was to literally see Lazarus. He didn't have to give him money. He didn't even have to give him food. He had to see him, listen to him, be there in some way for him. And so now he's paying for it. And we're going to the last part of the scripture here. Then the rich man said, Please, Father Abraham, at least send him to my father's home, for I have five brothers, and I want him to warn them so they don't end up in this place of torment. But Abraham said, Moses and the prophets have warned them. Uh, your brothers can read what they wrote. The rich man replied, No, Father Abraham. But if someone is sent to them from the dead, and they will repent of their sins and turn to God, uh, they will repent of their sins and turn to God. But Abraham said, if they won't listen to Moses and the prophets, they won't be persuaded even if someone rises from the dead. And that sounds crazy, but it is absolutely 100% true because Jesus rose from the dead and there were people that did not listen to him even then. Now before that, people still didn't listen to him. Some people did and some people got it. But even after that, people did not listen. And his followers could talk about firsthand experience and people did not listen. And we like to think, yeah, you know what? I'm doing this. I just need a sign. I just need something big to happen. Or this person over here just needs something big to happen. And then they'll get it. They'll change. That's not how it works. Because we all know what's right. And we all know what's wrong. But we continually, not all of us, but a lot of times we continually allow ourselves to be pushed the wrong way because it's the easiest, because it's the quickest, because it's the most fun, because it's the most lucrative, whatever it is. And, and that sucks. And I've said this before and I'll say this again, like the generations before you guys have really screwed things up, like all of us have really screwed things up. And so now it's on you and everybody's like, hey, you guys have to do better and people are hard on you and people expect more of you and people expect less of you. And it's really weird, but you can do better. Because you have seen the mistakes of the people before. And it's not that everybody before sucked. And it's not that everybody before did things wrong. But a lot of us did. Because over and over and over again, we do not see people in need. We do not hear people that need. We don't, do not feel what other people feel. But that's what we're called to do. And Jesus in this parable is, again, he's not saying money is bad and, and, and not having money is good. He's not saying, hey... Having sores all over your body is awesome and being rich is bad. Like, he's not saying any of that. He's saying, you have to live for more than yourself. You can have stuff. You can. You can have a comfortable life. You can have good grades. You can have good stuff. You can have a good job. But you have to live for more than yourself because our life here is about more than that. And we're moving towards something. And we know that there's something amazing at the end. And so we have to be bursting to show other people that. I'm not saying take a Bible and quote scripture to everybody. I'm saying show them what's in the Bible with the way that you treat them, with the way that you talk, with the way that you live, with the way that you love, with the way that you hope. We are called to be different. And it's really hard sometimes because sometimes our lives are so hard 
And people are so mean to us. And people are so hard on us. And we struggle so much. And I get that. And that's real. And I'm going to say this. Regardless of your age, regardless of what you struggle with, if something hurts you, it hurts you. I don't care if other people don't understand it. I don't care if it's, it's like, oh, you're too young, you won't understand. If something hurts you, then it hurts you. So I get that things are hard. And I get that you're not necessarily in a place where you can go around the world and do a lot of charitable things. But you are at a place where you can show love to everyone. And you can show what Jesus looks like to everyone. And you can do better. And that's what all of us have to do. The adults here are not exempt from this. Because we have to do better. Because that's what Jesus told this story for. That's what he did. And it starts, like I said last week, with being thankful for what we have. Not saying, hey, you know what, my life's awesome all the time. Not saying I never have any problems, because we do. And sometimes life's not awesome. But being thankful, looking for the good. Looking for, for something in our life to cling to. Looking at him, but then looking for something else. But then carrying that into empathy. And empathy is more than sympathy. It's not just understanding what other people feel it's trying to feel that it doesn't mean erase your own feelings it doesn't mean that you have to to like ignore yourself and ignore your own feelings what it means is trying to understand what other people are going through and putting yourself in their place and then taking that and being there for them in a way that, that you can whatever that means and if you can't be there physically for them if you can't give them anything pray for them just whatever it is, sometimes showing love, sometimes showing empathy, sometimes showing kindness is as simple as not being a jerk to people. And all of us can do that. And so Jesus here is saying, hey, you can do this because he wouldn't tell us to do this if we weren't able. So we just have to do better. We are not perfect. You're not going to be perfect. You are going to have your own problems. And so sometimes you're going to need help too, and that's cool. And you should ask for help. You should receive it. But also be aware of the world around you. Be aware of the people around you. Don't build that bubble like so many adults do. But allow yourself to see and feel what other people are going through so that you can be like Jesus in a world that really, really, really needs to see him. That's all I got.